Good morning, everyone. This is Dr. Brad Poland here to give you another episode of the Strong Back Docs podcast. Dr. Blake Reed isn't going to be able to join me today. He's busy doing something else, so I'll be going solo on this podcast. So the topic I want to dive into today is really going to be geared more towards the clinicians who have a strong rehab focus into their treatment plans. This could be physical therapists, athletic trainers, chiropractic physicians as well, anyone of that nature. Um, And what this is really geared towards is how to progress someone with back pain and get them back into the gym lifting properly. Because at the end of the day, we want our patients to be able to fully function throughout their entire life with limited to no pain while stressing their body so that whenever they're in their potentially 70s, 80s, 90s, they're not being in these crippling chronic diseases like osteoarthritis, diabetes, heart disease, and exercise has been shown to prove to potentially prevent those or even significantly reduce all of the risk factors associated with those conditions. So whenever I have a patient come in to see me, the first thing I always do is I do what's called a movement assessment, right? And that's going to have them do a various of movements. Uh, from bending the neck back and forth, balancing on one leg, going down to a squat. And that gives me a lot of information as to how well their joints are moving, the body's reacting to those movements, which muscles are tight, which ones are weak. And also, if there's any balance issues that we may need to address, because that's going to play a huge part into the rehab focus as well. And then, in addition to that, we'll do, a, again, a comprehensive medical exam, history, get all of our nuts and bolts out of the way so we can have a good detailed program. Now with back pain, for the most part, less than 1% are going to be anything sinister. So whenever I have a patient come in, I'm not thinking that they need to go to the hospital right here, right now. But every now and then, they do come up with red flags and we need to address those with the right guidance. Going back to maybe the primary care physician or potentially a trip to the ER. Now, with that being said, a lot of the problems that we deal with low back pain is potentially multifactorial. So what that means is that there's usually more than one cause with back pain and our rehab program really needs to focus on that. You know, sometimes uh, back pain can be caused by hip mobility issues, a lack of extension in the thoracic spine, which is going to be your mid-back area between your shoulder blades. A lot of ankle issues can also present with low back pain because our body is a chain. One of my mentors always used to say that you have to explain the posterior chain or the chain of the body in a way of a song, as in like the foot bone connects to the shin bone and then the shin bone connects to the knee bone, how everything is connected in that way. And if you follow that path, the ankle will eventually go to the low back. And that's how you can see that there's a chain that if something's not moving properly, somewhere up the system has to pick up the slack. So whenever I do my assessment and I've ruled out any red flags or any contraindications of care, the first thing we need to establish is a proper range of motion with the patient. That's always the first phase of rehab by increasing range of motion in areas that are deficient. So whenever someone comes in, let's just use hip pain for the example, uh, low back pain associated with tight hips, my apologies. We need to increase hip mobility. And that's actually not a hard scenario because whenever you try to increase hip mobility, it allows other structures to necessarily relax and not have to increase the mobility as much. 
An example of that could be knees. So whenever you increase hip mobility, you'll start seeing a decrease in pain. And this is great. Now, one thing that I have a hard time communicating with patients and I'm still working on it as a clinician is how do you say, you know, just because your pain's gone doesn't mean that the issue isn't gone as well. And one of the best analogies that I like to describe pain is that it is a smoke detector, right? So when a smoke detector goes off, it's detecting that there's a fire somewhere in the house, right? So whenever we have pain, what comes first? Does the smoke detector go off first or must there be a fire? Okay, great. So as we can probably all assume, there is going to be some sort of fire somewhere in the house. So our job is to put out the fire. Before we can put out the fire, we have to turn off the signal that there is a fire. So once we take the batteries out of the fire, of the fire alarm, if you will, then we can focus on the cause. So once we decrease your pain, then we can start stressing your body in more further detail. And that's usually the second phase of our rehab programs that we like to go into, which is going to be more on muscular endurance and then hypertrophy or making those muscles bigger and stronger, right? So once we start getting you into the weight room, we've addressed range of motion issues. We can now have you squat full depth. We can have you go into a nice neutral spine with hip hinging so you can deadlift it properly. And then once we progress from there, we'll start transitioning you into the strength and proprioceptive phase. And what that means is that strength phase is that we're gonna increase your muscle strength over time. And then we're gonna challenge it with what's called like proprioception, which is at a sense of where your body is in space and time. Another way of saying that is just balance and coordination. So when we have balance and coordination, we're also going to be able to um, challenge your body in much areas that we've never done before. So example, what we could do is have you balance yourself on one leg while looking straight ahead. And one way you can uh, inhibit proprioception is by closing your eyes. Another way you can do this is by taking your shoes off and doing things barefoot or by turning your head so your ear canals, which helps deal with the vestibular system, which is primarily used for balance as well, can be challenged in, a, in another fashion. Now, all of these are really, really great ways that you can, that you can progress in rehab, but it's also going to be used for strength and conditioning. Now, a lot of this stuff with strength and conditioning, they go by seasons. We go by weeks for your treatment plan because unfortunately we probably can't see a patient for a whole year to get the proper care based on their insurance or their financial needs, what have you. But we can still make some goals, some attributions, and some uh, movement in the positive aspect so we have good outcomes for our patients. And then the last phase that we like to do is going to be called the functional movement assessment. And that's functional movement assessment is then we're gonna be doing our assessments all over again that we did from the very beginning, see what we've improved on. And if there's anything new popped up, we'll address it. If not, we'll move you on to wellness care. And what wellness care is, is that we're essentially having a patient come in to do their strength training exercises. In a way, it's personal training, is that we've gravitated them out of that rehab phase and now we want them to start exercising almost on a daily aspect. And then that's where the ACSM guidelines and NSCA guidelines for strength conditioning and cardiovascular recommendations come into play. According to the CDC and the ACSM, we want people to be exercising a minimum of 30 minutes a day, five days a week at an intensity that's going to be challenging, but not impossible. Now, same thing with the 
and a CA's recommendation. We want people to be lifting two to three times a week, eight to 12 exercises at about 70% of their one, of one rep max for a period of multiple weeks in time so then we can start seeing changes in their physiology and so then whenever they do stress themselves by bending down and picking up their kiddo or picking up a package, twisting their body, that their body is well absorbed and can actually well maintain those stresses. So this is going to be part of our rehab program regardless of who it is. Now this is great for low back pain, but it's also great for neck pain, hip pain, ankle pain, knee pain, any pain that you may have in the body that's associated with the musculoskeletal system. So as chiropractors, at least from my perspective, I try to use the aspect of stability versus mobility. And I know a lot of physical therapists use that as well. So what that is, is that certain body parts and joints must be stable. Some must be very mobile. Think about it as this. The most mobile joint in your body is your shoulder joint. That shoulder joint needs to be able to move very, very easily so we can pick things up out of the cabinet and so then we can also move things around with our hands. But we need our hips to be a very somewhat stable because we don't want our hips to be easily dislocated if we go up and down stairs or something like that. I mean, we go up and down the, our stairs with our hips, not with our hands and our, and our shoulders for that exact reason, stability over mobility. Now, what makes chiropractors a little bit different is that we use what's called spinal manipulative therapy or joint mobilization. Physical therapists are trained in this, maybe not to the extent that chiropractic physicians are, but there's really no specificity regarding spinal manipulation. As in, you can't isolate one aspect of the joint. If you're going to manipulate it, you're going to manipulate all, that, all the spaces within the joint or potentially more than one, which is not a bad thing. It's actually really, really great because it trains your body to say, this is what normal is. And then when you do rehab, it's actually much more beneficial according to research. So, like I said, very short and sweet today. We're just going to talk about main rehab principles, about going from the range of motion. I really want to improve your range of motion so that when we load you with full range of motion, your body can handle it. And then we're going to progress to a muscle endurance phase. And that's going to be more of very lightweight, uh, high reps, high sets. Again, your body's getting used to this new stress that we're placing upon it. We don't want to overload it too quickly, too soon. Then we can start progressing to a hypertrophy, then to a strength phase, and then proprioceptive. And then that's going to be very inclined to what you do in your activities of daily living. Your deadlifts, your squats, your bench presses, your cleans. And eventually get you to that Olympic lifting. And then we want you to maintain it there, unless you're an athlete, then we might have to progress further into a new macro phase, but that's a different story. Keep you progressing in that phase with personal training, strength and conditioning, and so that we don't ever have you come back down to that sedentary lifestyle and continuing exercising your entire life. So that's all I have for you today. Nice, short, and sweet. If you guys have any questions, of course, reach out to Dr. Reed or Dr. Poland, and then we can go from there. Thanks a lot. Have a great day.